Happy 50th birthday, hip hop. Probably let that run longer than I should have. This is talk radio. Couldn't help myself. Sorry, Tapas. Happy birthday, hip hop. That's, uh, man, that song right there. Those hot boys. Hot boys, when they were, when they were hot, they were, they were the hottest. But let's, uh, let's talk about this, uh, Let's talk about these sports. It is uh, it is the Friday edition. I, I was so into juvenile that I forgot to mention that again. Hold on, Avi. Hold on. What's up? We got to bring it back. You was a big Hot Boy fan, right? Yes, I was. Please tell me you put the gum wrappers in your teeth. <laughs> did you do that? <laughs> Please tell me you did that. Uh, 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 of course, man. Okay. Of course. Right. You know, not the real foil. The gum wrappers. Gum wrappers. Yes, well, sir. those are those are more easily accessible. You could do that at school. You know. <laughs> That's you know you can't bring a, bring some some tinfoil to school, but you got a gum wrapper. That's man, come on now. Uh, it's a Friday edition of Reeve Martin in real time. It's Avi Bernard with you every Friday. Let's talk about this, guys. Let's talk about uh, we have Danny Griffin, educator, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker, and Dr. Sean Fletcher, uh, um, professor from San Jose State University. And uh, Danny Griffin is probably in some flip flops. He's calling us from Martha's Vineyard. So let's talk about this. Uh, Washington Commanders coach Ron Rivera said some of his players expressed concern over new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy's intensity during practice. Uh, but Bieniemy said he's not about to change his approach, of course. Uh, Ron Rivera said that was Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Ron Rivera said, oh, I put my foot in my mouth when discussing Eric Bieniemy's intensity, saying that he didn't want to portray his players as soft or the first year offensive coordinator as too demanding. So, Eric Bieniemy has won two Super Bowls. Eric Bieniemy should have been a head coach a long time ago. Eric Bieniemy made a lateral move after winning a Super Bowl. Made a lateral move from offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs to offensive coordinator. And sure, you can throw the assistant head coach title on there too. That doesn't really mean anything to me. So, he made a lateral move. Two-time winning offensive coordinator. So, not only to me has he been, has he kind of been held, and maybe he didn't, maybe he's turned down head coaching jobs, but it seems like he should have been head coach a long time ago, and now he gets to his new destination where they're lucky to have him at all in any position, let alone anything other than the head coach. But they have him in the position in which he has won two Super Bowls, and that's offensive coordinator. So, Dr. Fletcher, you worked in the NFL. You played college football at San Jose State University. What do you make of these comments from Ron Rivera? Ironically, I worked for that franchise, so I'm not totally surprised. Mm. Um, I'm a little bit surprised because uh, the the person that we thought was – the, the sort of epicenter of dysfunction is gone now, Daniel Snyder. Uh, Ron Rivera should know better than this. Ron, is, Ron has been around long enough to know um, you have to be very careful uh, with your words and how you position yourself. That's a quick way to lose the team and the confidence of your coaching staff um, because it was a self-inflicted wound. Nobody asked him. It was an unforced error. Nobody asked you to go into that level of detail. He wasn't responding to a player's 
public gripe about Eric Bieniemy. He willingly offered it, mm-hmm. and it, it made me scratch my my head as to what what's your motive? Because even even when Sean Payton put his foot in his mouth criticizing another coach breaking a cardinal sin, you could at least somewhat say ah perhaps he was trying to take the heat off of Russell Wilson and just how poorly the team played last year. Maybe you could say it's an evil genius, Bill Belichick type of, of Jedi mind trick. This wasn't that. He simply just sat there and offered information. <laughs> and then the next day said that he did not mean to one, make Eric Bieniemy seem over demanding and two, make his players sound soft. Well, you failed miserably on both accounts. <laughs> so trying to understand what, the, the the reasoning and the method behind his madness was had me scratching my head. But now what ends up happening is is that now he, his players, and Eric Bieniemy are going to be underneath that narrative for the time being until they can shift it somehow. That is that is how the media works. You gave them fresh meat to chew on, and now they're going to obsess over it until you give them some, something else. If a player gets injured or pulls a hamstring, that's what they're going to point to. Eric Bieniemy worked him too hard. If, a, if, if you see, uh, um, which is what's going to happen, that, that sky cam is going to be fixed on Eric Bieniemy if he's down on the sideline. Mm-hmm. If he has some sort of dust up with a player, which always happens, always happens, it's going to be, oh, there's some friction because they set a narrative about this man that he cannot get out from underneath. There's always some narrative that seems to follow Eric Bieniemy, whether it be on the field, off the field, what he's doing to run ownership the wrong way, to, to, to basically victimize the victim as to why he hasn't gotten further ahead in his career. And Ron Rivera should know better. Yeah, that was my thought when I saw this was, Ron Rivera, what do you get out of this? What was the purpose of saying this? What what was the point? Well, how does this help your team? As a head coach, the main purpose in everything you do should be helping your team. And this did not do that. Danny, do you think there was any kind of racial element involved here? Because, you know, they like to talk about the angry black man and the mad black woman and all black people, they always, they, they just imagine us. They like to, to, to paint us as being too aggressive. You know, this is a football coach. It's football. It's professional football from someone who has been doing it for, I don't know how long, but he's won two Super Bowls. I don't remember hearing anyone say that Marty Schottenheimer was, was too intense. All that dude, I don't even think he had a, a, a non yelling volume to his voice. But Eric Bieniemy is too intense. I mean, I, I I don't get the the comments, but also was there was there a racial element involved in this, uh, Danny Griffin? Well, you got to look beyond uh, the scope of this uh, particular incident to have a complete understanding uh, the totality of what's going on with Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy not only was a phenomenal player, he's been uh, one of the leading. Uh, assistant coaches in the NFL for quite some time, mm-hmm. and and let's be real, he's been snubbed uh, from getting some NFL head coaching jobs. Okay, this uh, right here is to to justify him not being a head coach. 
and to smear him and to let people know he's not qualified. Okay, and what better way but to create discord? And that's why I say you always have to be careful. Everybody has everything is an agenda, uh, and you have to look in between the lines. If you create discord with a coach in a new uh, regime in terms of ownership, uh, that's a problem, especially with his players, uh, because they did uh, things a different way under the old regime, meaning ownership with the same coach. Um, when you have a veteran coach and you're speaking to the media, he knows the tricks and trades of the media. Okay. He's a grown man. He's older. He's seasoned. Okay. Uh, that's why he backpedaled the next day because he saw the ramifications of his words. Uh, you're giving everybody, uh, darts to throw at Eric B and you're questioning the, this is not so much for the players, but this is for B enemy. This is beyond it. B enemy, uh, is, is being groomed to be, to be the head coach here. Okay. Probably in, within this organization. Um, okay. So read between that line as well. Um, you don't make a lateral move to a program, uh, to a, uh, that's in disarray with ownership and all this other stuff. And we have to think, uh, this was a calculated move by Eric enemy taking his job. And this is a calculated move, uh, by making these type of statements. You know, I'm not saying, uh, uh, you know, Coach Rivera is the one, you know, he might be making the statements for someone. You never know. It's layers to this stuff. And, um, you know, Airbnb has been so exceptional. Uh, and and you got to just keep investigating and seeing what's going on. But it's it's more to the story, and it's, it's, it's not out yet in terms of what's going to uh, – we got a little more time to go throughout the season to see what's going to – how it's going to affect the team and, and – with ownership, new ownership, and and Airbnb and his relationship with Coach Rivera and the players. Yeah, it is interesting that that he would make this lateral move, and I don't know. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe he is being groomed to be a head coach there. But someone who just won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator, you wouldn't think had to to go to another franchise to be groomed to be a head coach. He should be getting offers uh, on offers, and it is it is just. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get why he hasn't become a head coach yet. But uh, as you said, Danny, we'll see how this plays out. It seems like a like a horrible, unforced error by Ron Rivera. So let's talk about these uh, these young quarterbacks. You have three of the top four picks in the draft were quarterbacks this year. Bryce Young, the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. C.J. Stroud, the second overall pick to the Houston Texans. And Anthony Richardson, fourth overall to Indianapolis. All of them have a chance to start. I don't know if any of them are ready to start. I don't know if, if if rookie quarterbacks are ever ready to start. Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for years, and I think that's why he is, is one of the best ever. And I remember his first year starting was rough even after those years. Tom Brady didn't start his rookie year. He came in when Drew Bledsoe got hurt and never gave the job up again. And... Sure, some some quarterbacks do start from the beginning and they end up being good, but I feel like when they're thrown into the fire too soon, it doesn't benefit them. But uh, what are your thoughts, Dr. Fletcher? Um, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. So with the, the Aaron Rodgers situation, he was drafted later on, which meant, meant he went to a better team, all right? Um, high draft picks, that's the gift and the curse. You're a high draft pick, but you're going to a bad team, unless for some reason they traded up somehow. So 
you're already going to be in a situation to where you're the most important player uh, playing the most important position. You're probably the most uh, uh, touted and marketable on your franchise, which let's, let's be honest, each of those individuals are now being catapulted to potentially being the faces of their franchises, even with certainly with Indianapolis's situation right now with, with Jonathan Taylor on the out. Mm -hmm. So it's not just simply on the field pressure that you have. And the, 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 the cards are stacked against you a bit because you're going to a bad team that typically is a bad team because it's a bad franchise mm -hmm. and which is run by or, or sort of ruined by many different systemic challenges that you face bad teams are typically bad for a reason not just the players all right so the deck is already stacked against you but on top of all of that the transition that these young men face of the speed of the game of you are in the ultimate team sport, all right? You have 10 other guys out there on that field. And let's be honest, you got 21 other because if the defense keeps putting you behind the eight ball and you got to score points, there's a lot more pressure on you. Because if you remember when Ben Roethlisberger came in, he came into a Rolls Royce of a team. Won the Super Bowl, all of that, because he had Jerome Bettis. He had the top-ranked defense. He had a Hall of Fame coach. Heinz he Ward. had Hall of Fame receivers off the line. Heinz Ward, he had all of that, okay? That does not typically happen. So when you look at the situations that these young men are going into, as well as today's climate of, of revenue and marketing, they're not going to let these young men sit uh, on the bench and it has very little to do with readiness. This is a mm. business that mm. they're now the, the front men for. Anthony Richardson played, he started with less than 13 games in his career at Florida. It wasn't even How that good. How do you think he's ready? Yeah. Yes. How do you think now he's ready to be successful in the NFL? So it's, it's much bigger than talent. It's a business. And these young men are being put in some, some, some untenable situations, unfortunately. It is a business, but I just wonder if there, if it would be a smarter business decision to give the man, young man, a year to to sit behind someone, even if maybe they're they're equal talent as that person they'd be sitting behind, to to kind of get acclimated. But but I, I'm not sure, and no. uh, and and we'll get your thoughts, uh, Danny, on the other side here, um, as we have to step aside for a quick second to get to, to a uh, news, traffic, and sports update. Uh, and we'll we'll come we'll come forward and talk about uh, your thoughts, Danny, on on whether rookie quarterbacks are ever ready to start in the NFL and the NBA's opening night. And you know, uh, Andy suggested, y'all, this wasn't on the rundown, but Andy suggested that we get into the the uh, Bryce James situation. Why he's in, at his third high school now. Uh, he's he's now going to be playing at Notre Dame High School in the Valley here in LA. So we'll maybe we'll have time for that when we come forward right here on KBLA Talk 1580. And it is a Friday edition of Rita Martin in real time. Saying happy 50th birthday to hip hop. That's why you're hearing more music on the show than usual today. But let's get back into the conversation. Joined by Dr. Sean Fletcher of San Jose State University and Danny Griffin, educator, entrepreneur, 
and motivational speaker who is probably coming to us with his feet hanging off of a dock somewhere. It's called Martha <laughs> Vineyard. And so I do want to get your thoughts uh, on this uh, this uh, this new this new crop of young quarterbacks and all all of them, especially the two at the top, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, infinitely talented. And Dr. Fletcher laid out very well how that can go against you when you're at the top of the draft, when you're when you're going to a very bad franchise, probably with a bad offensive line, and you're automatically expected as a, a 21, 22 year old to be the leader of this, you know, hundred million billion dollar franchise. But I just don't know if if rookie quarterbacks are ever ready. But what do you think about that, Danny? Well, I mean, this is the thing. Unlike any point in, in history of the NFL, you have this uh, extra fan, <laughs> which is social media, uh, which plugs into the world simultaneously. So you have a, a different amount of pressure, right? So being a quarterback in today's era is different than being a quarterback 10, 15, or even five years ago. It comes with added pressure and expectations. Um, some of these organizations – believe it or not, uh, may draft uh, some of these quarterbacks based on um, that social media influence or just peer pressure. I mean, it's just you, you never know what these people are thinking. Everybody's not uh, uh, an executive as they should be. Some of these people that are making the decisions aren't, aren't well-versed in certain areas. They just have the title. So these guys are put in positions – uh, you know, bad positions from the start a lot of times, and it starts with high school. The top quarterbacks that we're seeing now are people that just came, just got through that, right? They got through it to this point. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm reading C.J. Stroud. You know, he's from L.A. You know, LA area, Rancho Cucamonga. And, I, and I'm looking at, you know, some of the rhetoric that's out there, how he struggled. I mean, come on, man. The guy didn't play that much. This is his first preseason game. He threw a pick. Two for four, 13 yards. Okay. He's got to get better. He's got to do some reads. He's got to get in film. He's got to get on the field. You know, he's still bring, he's still building cohesiveness with his receivers. It's early, right? But, you know, football is, is America's sport right now. It's a lot of pressure from everybody. So I get it. Uh, but I will say that these young quarterbacks, especially at the top tier, are coming in in unrealistic uh, expectations and, and being put – on a pedestal that they they may may not be able to cast these checks that they're writing and people are writing for them, uh, but we got to stay with them, right? We got to stay with them and let them develop. They're young, and and, and you know we don't want to be the old heads uh, in 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 the club, so to speak. We we we've seen a lot, and we don't want to judge these guys like we've judged people in the past. You know, we're just gonna watch and, and be fans and let's hopefully they develop in, in on the field and off the field as well. Yeah, no, I hear you, and that's why I'm asking the question is because I want them to do well, and I don't want them to be thrown into the fire before they're ready, and especially, as Dr. Fletcher laid out, Anthony Richardson, who uh, I, I'm not even sure that, you know, I'm not trying to slander the, the kid at all. I, you know, he's, he's super talented. He's got, he's got a, a cannon for an arm. He's, he's an incredible athlete. I don't know that he's a top five NFL quarterback um, based on uh, his performance last year. But I do hope that he has an amazing career and, and stays healthy 
and, and all of that. But I just, uh, as we were talking about, I just don't, the track record isn't there. And is he ready? Even someone, I, I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud being in the programs they were in, you know, Alabama and Ohio State respectively, being in um, the conferences that they were in, especially Bryce Young in the SEC, be, having NFL-style uh, offenses and uh, competition that is going to prepare you for the NFL better than any other conference, even them, it's hard It's hard for rookies to come in and be ready to start right away on day one. But wishing all of them the best, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from one... From one uh, set of high expectations in, in Bryce to another set of high expectations in another Bryce, uh, let's talk about Bryce James, uh, the the son of LeBron James, and he is going from Sierra Canyon to Notre Dame High School, and he was going to go to Campbell Hall, but he he changed his mind uh, apparently after visiting, after touring the campus and taking in some workouts at Notre Dame. He uh, changed his mind, and now he's going to go to Notre Dame, where the son of Master P, Mercy Miller, is also on the roster. So uh, wh- what do you make of this, uh, Danny? I'll stay with you on this one to start just because, you know, you're, you're, you're a hooper and you've been in this basketball world and you still are, this, uh, this college ba- uh, or high school basketball world, rather. So uh, what are your thoughts about uh, LeBron James' son, Bryce, uh, <laughs> changing his mind and now um, saying he's gonna, going to attend Notre Dame High School? Well, first and foremost, more power to him, him and his family. <laughs> it's their prerogative. You can do whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. He's not doing nothing different than nobody else has done. It's just that his last name is James. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lord have mercy. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Come on. So, 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 so this is the thing. So, uh, you know, Miller is a really good player. I think he's going to University of Houston. Um, he's really good. Uh, Notre Dame is, is right now it's a hot program. It's probably in a better position. Well, it is in a better position uh, to win in Campbell Hall at this current time. Uh, David Grace is an outstanding coach at Campbell Hall. He used to be the UCLA assistant coach. And I'm not saying that he's a friend of mine, but I'm just saying that was a good program. But Notre Dame is rolling right now. Um, but Notre Dame was rolling before he went to Campbell Hall, too. And Miller was over there, too. Um, it's just that, you know, it's an ongoing cycle, um, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, everybody has a choice and it's a revolving will of where you stand. Um, and this might not even be it. I mean, school hasn't started. Um, so, you know, it could be somewhere else, but at the <laughs> end of the day, yeah, it might be. I mean, because you got to understand he's being groomed unlike, the everyday player, he has to succeed, right? He has to succeed, uh, and it's by, I'm not going to say any means necessary, by the means and necessary of the family. I, I'm sure they want him to to matriculate and academically and athletically as far as he can go, and they feel that this is going to get it done. Um, and, and it might. You know, I, I mean, I, I've seen him play. I, I think he's pretty good. I think he's very talented. And uh, he keeps getting better and better, you know, every time you see him. And that's a good sign, right? Um, but he has to be in the right system because what you do in the summer doesn't always 
matriculate to when school starts, right? Your high school and your AU is two different things. Those guys in the summertime really don't play defense. They're like Matador, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you. So they let the, they let them do whatever. So I think I, Le, LeBron is pretty good at making decisions for himself and his family, and I'm not going to bet against him right now because I saw him play as a sophomore when he didn't shoot it and really didn't do as much as he's doing now. I knew he had potential, but – by God, this guy, I mean, look what he's become on and off the court. So I'm going to put my, I'm a bet on black, and I'm going with LeBron James and the new uh, choice of schools, Notre Dame, and hopefully it's his last stop. <laughs> hey, well, he'll only be a junior, so he's got plenty of time. Uh, but, Dr. Fletcher, uh, what are your thoughts on, on LeBron's son, Bryce James, uh, now going to Notre Dame, changing his mind uh, and transferring from Sierra uh-huh. Canyon uh, instead of going to Campbell Hall? Well, like Danny mentioned, there's nothing new about this. It just gets more attention because of his last name. Um, when I when we talk a lot about how collegiate sports has become more of a business, oftentimes we don't talk enough about how interscholastic high school mm. sports has become more of a business, in particular uh, basketball. And when you think about this decision, Again, it strikes me as a business decision. And one thing when you think about it, and LeBron seems to be very, very calculated in his own business dealings and how he navigates his own life and career, Mm -hmm. uh, to his credit, he seems to have a plan for all of his children. Okay? That's the beauty of it all. My hope is that the kids are not being dragged along, but they're also involved in decisions that they're a part of. Um, I, I saw that, that uh, one of Rice's uh, best friends is, is one of the guards on Notre Dame's basketball team. So that gave me a little bit more solace in terms of this is a, a cold, brash, calculated decision that Bryce may not be on board with. Uh, Notre Dame is a defending CIF Division One champs. All right. They're going, he's going to a great situation. Bryce just signed an NIL deal with Clutch Sports. He needs to be he needs to be in the forefront. He needs to be part of an elevated profile program, not one, you know, that may have fit Brownie's profile with Sierra Canyon. Mm-hmm. That's yesterday's news. It's where are you right now? Mm-hmm. And he's going to a program that is successful, that he is going to plug into. Bryce had that growth spurt and mm-hmm. he came like that he mentioned he came from, I'm not sure about this young man as being the next uh, up and coming, to now people are talking how he may surpass uh, uh, Bronny's uh, high school exploits. Mm. And all of it to, to say, if it is as calculated as LeBron has been throughout his career, seemingly in, in sculpting Bronny's decisions as he's moved forward, while giving Bronny the latitude to make his own choices and not force-feeding Ohio State down his throat, he decided to go where he wanted to go. As long as that young man is involved in these decisions and he's comfortable with it and he can move forward feeling good about going to class as a young young student, but also what uh, the opportunities are presented to him on the basketball court and through NIL and how he's moving forward, I'm all for it. He is the next in line with the James Enterprise, and I'm all for it. He's operating on a different level. 
when we come forward, speaking of LeBron James, we are going to talk about the Lakers and their opening night game. They'll be playing at Denver, where they were just swept in the Western Conference Finals. It does not feel good to say that, even still. But we're going to talk about it when we come forward on KBLA Talk 15. Happy birthday to hip-hop. Had to get that one on for Dr. Fletcher, who is from the Lou. Dr. Fletcher from currently professor at San Jose State University. And Danny Griffin currently probably has his toes in the sand somewhere. He's at Martha's Vineyard. Appreciate <laughs> it's 9 o'clock, man. <laughs> Uh, so let's uh, let, let's talk about the uh, NBA opening night schedule. We've got the Lakers visiting the Nuggets, and the Nuggets losing uh, losing a key piece uh, of, of their team, and the Lakers adding some key pieces and retaining the rest or most of them. I, I, I'm personally disappointed that Dennis Schroeder is not back with the Lakers. But other than that, I'm very happy with what they did in the offseason. But uh, uh, all right, Danny, what do you think about this uh, this opening night schedule that we're seeing? Uh, not only with the Lakers visiting the Nuggets, but the Suns visiting the Warriors, where Chris Paul was just traded to. Or actually, yeah, he was just traded to there, but not. He's been a lot of places. I can't keep up. Yeah, that's a marquee matchup, man. Opening night, Lakers in Denver, repeat of the NBA Finals. Man, star power. You're bringing Hollywood to the snow, baby. It's big time. Uh, I may even try to make that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Um, I like it. Um, I like our chances this year. We've improved our team. Um, I think we've done a better job than most teams in the Western Conference in terms of uh, adding uh, depth, continuity. Uh, I'm upset about the Dennis Schroeder as well because he played the game the right way and played it on both ends of the court, and he has a good attitude. Um, and I think we need that, and he's not entitled. Um, but he's not here no more, so we got to move on. We kept some guys that we thought was going to be gone, but we kept them, so let's move forward. Uh, the Suns, hey, it's a lot going on over there, man. It's a lot going on with the Warriors, too. Uh, that's not our problem. <laughs> uh, more power to him. Uh, made a soap opera and the drama continues. <laughs> yeah, I a, care less about the Bay. It's, oh, wow. It's a different, <laughs> it's a different feeling uh, for me as a Laker fan going into this season, knowing that we're, we're going to be good as long as uh, we at least have some measure of health. Uh, we're going to be a really good team. And that, that that's a different feeling than it's been. Uh, I, I guess, I mean, it wasn't too far, uh, too too long ago when – the uh the Anthony Davis trade was made and we knew we were gonna be gonna be a beast going into that season and sure enough we did win the championship. But uh whenever we're not good for even a season it feels like a long time because we're just meant to be good. That's just what the Lakers are. But uh your thoughts, Doctor Fletcher, on uh these uh opening night matchups. First off, shout out to whoever played that country grandma Nelly Lee and that, uh, that was me. You, that was me. You, you was, made my heart. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, you made me want to put a band-aid under my eye. <laughs> um, so, couple of couple of quick quick thoughts on it. Um, I saw that what opening night is on a Tuesday. Just get ready for overreacting Wednesday um, <laughs> yeah. when the Lakers play the, the Denver Nuggets. Um, no Eastern Conference. Ouch! They just went all West Coast. Um, 
the, the it'll be interesting just from a matchup standpoint. It's star power all across that the both of those matchups. The Denver Nuggets stand out a little bit. They lost a couple of couple of key pieces. The Lakers got deeper uh uh with their bench. Um yeah, you you got the the, the petty matchup uh between Chris <laughs> right. Paul and the Phoenix Suns, which is always interesting to to see. Um it'll just be a good star-studded um TNT opening night matchup. Again, and I said it tongue in cheek, but we'll have to resist overreacting to whatever we see. Yes, it's going to be rain night. Yes, they're going to raise a banner uh, out in Denver. Usually, you know, depending on how the team reacts, they're on a high. Um, You can't really take very much from opening night, just like you can't take very much from, you know, week one in the in in the National Football League. I'm just excited uh to see the new look of sort of revamped Lakers and, you know, see how they start to gel from early on and pick up this momentum that we got after the trade deadline last season. Absolutely. Gentlemen, it's been great having you on for both hours of the Friday edition today. Really, really great conversation. Uh, both about today's headlines and uh, what, what the latest happening in sports. So appreciate you both for taking the time, Danny. Be safe out there. Appreciate um, you. Don't uh, don't do Thank anything you. I wouldn't do. And I appreciate okay. you uh, joining us uh, <laughs> shirtless from Martha's Vineyard. Appreciate you. Uh, and uh, Dr. Fletcher, always a pleasure. We'll we'll talk to both of you soon. Have a great weekend. Up next, it is the Raw Report with Robin Ayers. I'm Avi Bernard, and I'm gone.